The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning. Welcome. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News for Sunday, March 29th. Uh, We waited until market close on Friday afternoon to do this section because we wanted to get you updated with uh, our latest picture as of a Friday afternoon. My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald, good morning. Good morning, guys. Derek Felsky, good morning. Good morning, Danny. And Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. You got a lot of material there. Yeah, thanks, Danny. What we wanted to talk about for sure was to do this on Friday afternoon, so uh, airing on Sunday morning. We hope there hasn't been a lot of news uh, that we've missed over the last couple of days. But uh, the most important piece is that we had a really good week Despite ending on a clunker on Friday, down 4%, we're still up around 9% for the week. Uh, and that's really good news, and we're glad we had that, despite all of the really unbelievable economic news, starting with, of course, the jobless claims. Yeah, of course. When you start thinking about the number of people who aren't working, that goes to consumer spending, and consumer confidence saw that number down as well. But 3.28 million first-time claimers, and I mean, that's a huge number historically, I mean, the numbers are It's the biggest number ever. ever. So, you know, historically, it's like 200,000 a week. So put that in perspective. Not a surprise. No, not at all. We expected a huge number, right? People were thinking. And, you know, frankly, Dan, it's a really good point because the whisper number, I'm doing air quotes in radio right now, was around 3.6 to 3.7. So it was less, but that's not much solace because we're we're expecting, Mark, a bigger number down the road. For sure. I mean, this is going to continue to cascade, right? It doesn't take long to drive past a mall or shopping center or whatever it might be and see people are not working right now. So, you know, the number could have been huge, and it it was, it is a huge number, 3.28 million people filing claims, you know, and hopefully there's enough back support there from the state and from the feds to be able to support those people so that there's money in their pockets and they continue to spend a little bit and continue to prop up GDP. Well, and that's exactly right, Mark, because the bazookas were fired both by the monetary policy folks and by the fiscal folks, Derek, uh, the the bill passed Friday afternoon. Yeah, the bill passed uh, the the Congress on Friday, a little bit of drama there about whether it was going to be a voice vote or whatever. But um, generally speaking, uh, it's all all hands on deck. The Fed is is now going to be supporting the money market funds. They're going to be supporting the commercial paper market, the municipal bond market, the treasury bond market, essentially providing liquidity in order to keep the, the engines of the economy moving, while at the same time the fiscal policy is aimed to, to basically set a bridge between here and there. Yeah, that's right. And of course, this, uh, as we've said over and over again, Danny, this is a public health care issue that turned into an economic issue. And, uh, you know, the way that we've been describing it is almost like a self-induced coma to put everyone, everything down until we can get to the other side. Makes it a little easier when I hear bazooka and self-induced coma and things like that. But um, Dave, this week we saw technically the ending of a bear market, the start of a bull market, that's not quite a bull market. Is yeah, that right? that's right. So the definition, of course, is uh, once you go down by more than 20%, that's the end of a bull market that lasted well over 10 years. And of course, we went down and it rallied right back. So I'm not sure that you can call this another bull market right now. I think you, I think the way we look at it, Derek, is a bear market rally. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of like a roller coaster because right now no one really knows how companies are going to do in the second quarter. 
Uh, earnings season is going to start at you know the first second week of April. We'll find out how companies are, are thinking about the, the future. I mean, obviously, they don't know when the shutdown is going to end or what regions of country it's going to end and when. So that makes it a little bit difficult for analysts. And the other thing, uh, you know, is simply the fact that, you know, trends can be self-reinforcing. We know any number of tactical strategies that are essentially out of the market or short the market because it's below the 200-day moving average. Uh, so you've got that whole group of people on one side of the thing. But then we have pension fund rebalancing. This has been a horrible couple of months for equities. So if you have a 60-40 allocation in stocks versus bonds, it's probably more like 55-45 because of the relative performance of bonds versus equities. And that would cause you to, to buy equities and sell bonds. And that could happen as early as next Monday. And I know we're spending a lot of time on the economic data because that's what we're doing and that's what we do. But really, this uh, it's going to happen, Mark. Once the health concerns abate, that is really going to change the sentiment. And I think that's a, that's a really a number that we need to pay attention to. It certainly is. And you guys did a piece on Thursday night for our clients that, that I think was excellent and just keeping on our clients up on what our thinking is. But Dave, you went through a, a bit of the alphabet soup with, with the recovery of some ways that markets can recover. And I thought that was a really interesting piece. Yeah. So there's, there's several types of recovery. There is a V type recovery, which is a bounce back. There's the U which goes down and takes a while to create a bottom and then work its way back up. There is the L. It goes down and does not come right. back. And, of course, there is the W. And I know this is kind of silly to talk about, but, of course, it's down, up, and then back down again. And the reason why we brought that up is Dr. Fauci has said we're, we might see another bout in the fall or next year as well. So these are the type of things that we're going to look at. But, again, this is a health concern that has to abate. And when that happens and sentiment returns, Derek, in the last 30 seconds here, I think we're going to see some opportunities. Oh, with, without a doubt, we're going to see opportunities. This kind of volatility is not a risk. It's really an opportunity to take advantage of, of this. So so basically, you know, we're, we're right now analyzing the various sectors from a tactical perspective that, that uh, ought to benefit. One of them, obviously, you know, this whole stay-at-home notion. People are actually learning to work from home and what's that going to mean. And let me just jump in because we're going to give a whole list uh, later in the show of opportunities for, you know, what's what's not going to work and what can work. If you are feeling a little uh, bit of unrest over what's been going on, and we can't blame you at all, uh, head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. If you have not heard from your person are you confident with who you're working with? How about Annex Wealth Management, a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, fee-only fiduciary partner? You can do it this weekend. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox This is News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. COVID-19's impact is staggering. From the tragic loss of life to the gut punch to the worldwide economy, we understand why you're feeling anxious. These challenging times are a result of a public health crisis that has created an economic crisis. Most thought the American economy was on a healthy track before the virus spread globally. But even the best health professionals can only estimate how long we'll have to live like this. Whether you're a client of Annex or not, please take a deep breath before making hasty decisions that could permanently harm your plan. I've said this often, this too shall pass. Our clients' plans are built to address current cash needs, intermediate goals, and eventually a satisfying retirement. We're committed to making that happen. If we can help, head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Use Annex everywhere and never leave the house. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Stay healthy. 
Cut Through the Clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust with many things in disarray. Annex Wealth Management, 100% operational and still providing comprehensive wealth management to our clients. That includes Annex Tax Services, led by Sean Young, Senior Tax Planner, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Sean. Thanks, Danny. Good to be here. Um, how are you hanging? Pretty good? Yeah, my quarantine's all right. How about yours? Uh, not bad. <laughs> now, normally, here we are sitting at the end of March. This would be like crazy busy time for tax professionals, and everything has changed. Now, at Annex, we're not like the tax prep service, right? We do year-round tax planning for our clients. But I got to think that when you're approaching April, there's always that shudder, and, and anybody that does taxes, right, is involved oh, yes. in taxes. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's always an anxiety in the room. I think that that's sort of felt at every level, right? I think that clients are always very anxious to get their tax reporting done. We uh, we stress, uh, obviously, the tax planning throughout the year that makes the tax reporting hopefully pretty straightforward, but we certainly understand the anxiety around tax season in any given year, much less this year. And I would say that overall, the craziness and things that have come down this week with the um, the new legislation, et cetera, is only really making people more anxious than usual and, and quite honestly could ramp up, really just changes the priority of a lot of things. You know, we focus more on folks that are expecting a refund um, right now in terms of priority of getting their, their 2019 returns done. And then we also look to really what tax year the new stimulus bill is going to uh, to rely upon in, term, in order to uh, to peg uh, amounts for folks. I'm glad you're doing that and not the rest of us. <laughs> right. so, yeah, we, we right. appreciate that. Let's talk about those, those deadlines that have changed. Mm-hmm. April 15th is traditional. What's the latest? So, yes, it's all income tax related. First off, it doesn't relate to any transfer tax, no estate or gift tax returns, et cetera. Uh, all tax returns are extended. The, the new firm deadline on a federal level is July 15th for both that April 15th liability payment as well as the Q1, the first quarter estimated tax payment, both now due July 15th instead of April 15th. If we have clients that were pretty much ready to file on April 15th, do you suggest that they still do that? Yeah, I think uh, what we're focused on now is cash flow, right? So if you are projected to get a refund, you'd like that refund sooner. And hopefully that cash flow will will assist as much as your stimulus check uh, from the, the government might in terms of uh, getting you getting you through this bridge or, or over this hump. But if you are projecting to pay, then you uh, do not have a penalty. Uh, there will not be a penalty uh, for delaying until July 15th. When it gets down to the state level, pretty much same thing. I mean, federal is pushback, states pushback as well. If you pull back and look at the big picture, it's hard to believe that all the states won't fall in line with the July 15th date. So far, all states are in conversations about that. I would project it, that every state's going to fall in line. And then you have states like Florida where you don't have an income tax whatsoever. So that date has been extended uh, for the partnerships, et cetera, but the individual date's not applicable. So you really have to look up the individual state, your own state's uh, new requirements. But I'd say at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I'd expect uh, every state to follow the federal guidelines on this. Sean Young is senior tax planner at Annex Wealth Management. You know, IRS sometimes, you know, they're, they're the bad guys, right? You always hear about that. But they're hard-pressed. I mean, they've had cutbacks in their staff. In fact, I think I read that last year only 29% of phone calls, incoming phone calls to the IRS were, were actually answered by people. So hmm. how's their information flowing out? 
You know, the IRS has, has mastered, you know, a lot of the system is automated. So a lot of the letters you receive are, are, you know, spit out by a computer. So I expect that a lot of the the correspondence and, and the timing of the correspondence wouldn't change much. Depending on what issue you're dealing with, you have a wide berth in terms of the, the timeliness on, on IRS responses. But you can assure that they'll be on the ball if you do owe them at the end of the day. So I think that, you know, the key is going to be uh, making sure that you're computing your liability correctly and then accounting for it by July 15th. And I would say, you know, generally from a, a broader perspective, the IRS is operating at a, you know, anywhere between a 1% and a 3% clip on the amount of returns that they audit in a given year. So, that, you know, when they're operating at maximum efficiency, we're talking about 3% or so of all returns that are even audited. Clearly, they'd like to do more if they had their druthers, right? So it's always a matter of resources. They don't have to change that. That would be just fine with us. <laughs> Sean Young is Senior Tax Planner, Annex Wealth Management. Busy guy. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. It is time for Ask Annex. If you have a question for us, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look in the upper right for the difference. You'll click that. First, what you're going to see is the Know the Difference checklist. Read that. That is really important. And below that, you'll be able to ask the question. If you want to go straight to the website, it's AnnexWealth.com slash ask. Dave has the pleasure of reading them today. Dave, what do you got for us? Well, what we did is we wrote down a, a number of questions that we heard this week. I asked the wealth managers to give me some a list of the things they're hearing. And if they're hearing on them from our clients, probably our listeners would like to hear them too. And one of the ideas has always been that we have uh, advocated for, Mark, is the bucket theory. And I want to explain what that theory is, and then we'll back into the answer. Well, I mean, what the thinking is is to always protect the short side, right? I mean, by that I mean the next year, the next two years, depending on your risk tolerance, putting money aside to make sure that you're going to get that mailbox money. At the 15th of every month or the first of every month, you can have a check that's going to be coming to you. The second bucket is kind of an intermediate term bucket, which is filling up the first bucket. And the third bucket is the long-term bucket. It's the 10-year money. And if you can think about one bucket spilling into the next and spilling into the next, as long as you keep replenishing that first bucket, with stable dollars, then you don't really worry about what the stock market does so much on a day-by-day basis. Because over the long period of time, that last bucket's going to spill into the second bucket, it's going to spill into the first bucket, and that should provide some stability to your income. And so really, that is such a key point right now, because if you have built a portfolio and you had money in that that third bucket, right, the bucket that has immediate
at cash, you can wait three months, six months, nine months, because you know the capital is there, and you can wait for the market to try to find some footing, and that is really important. These are the reasons why we talk about these theories so often. And so the question was, do I need to use the money I have invested in stocks for spending purposes? Well, not if you had that money set aside. Right. And so so you've answered the, you gave the answer in question, like we're Jeopardy, like Alex <laughs> Trebek here. But so the, these are the questions, you know, if you've, you've been using the bucket theory. Now, when we get to the other side, if you haven't done that, we can put this back together. If you need a, a, a wealth management plan, we can do those things. All right. Second question that we, we're getting is, is my portfolio diversified enough? And so, Derek, you know, there's there's ways that we have studied portfolio diversification for decades. And one of them is obviously uh, a, a risk assessment and then how do you put your portfolio together? Yeah, right. Essentially, what we do is we meld together a variety of different asset classes that come up with the, the mix given a person's tolerance for risk. In other words, if they're more aggressive, perhaps a higher equity allocation, less aggressive, a smaller equity allocation, and look at how those various asset classes correlate and what leads to the most, the best expected risk adjusted return going forward. So in an environment like this, where fixed income is held up relatively well and equities have gone down a lot, in order to get that risk back in line, that would suggest rebalancing from equities I mean, re- rebalancing, selling from selling from fixed income and buying equities opportunistically, provided we believe that asset class is reasonably valued. Well, I guess from my perspective, you look at your portfolio and you say, where have I gone? I mean, if my stock portfolio has gone down some, and hopefully you haven't taken that entire ride down because you've been diversified, you can look at your portfolio right now and say, am I out of whack? And, and I think that that's, you know, that's the opportunity that comes from the fact Okay, the question is, Mark, is, it, is what if it's too late? What if, what if they haven't done those things, right? So we're not telling people to, you know, to, to get less risky at this point. If they've taken the ride down at this point, should they sell is the question. Okay, that's a great point because right now, I mean, if you do that, you're going to lock in those losses and you, you might do some long-term damage to your plan. You probably would do some long-term damage. So I, I think that getting your true risk tolerance, once you know what that is, and if you've had that ride down, get your true risk tolerance in line and then build a portfolio that can recover along with the markets. And so if you sell here, do you lock in your losses? Even though there might be some downside yet, Derek, we're not calling for a bottom yet. We think we have to get through the next couple of weeks to see uh, to see the bad news. And as, as it starts to wash out, maybe we start to put in a bottom because the market is looking ahead. And so, so the, it's probably going to sense out where the bottom is before you and I are. Yeah, I mean, typically what we know is the market typically enters a bear market before anyone even knows we're in a recession. Well, it's very clear we're going to have a recessionary beginning to the second quarter. The thing that's interesting about the stock market, though, is while on average a bear market decline is about 38 percent, the stock market itself starts to rally four months before the end of the recession. So this is something we have to pay attention to. How long and how protracted will this recession be? Will it be a one-quarter event? Remember, a a recession is defined as two consecutive negative quarters. So we may not even have a recession. We don't know that for sure. We don't know how successful we will be in combating this virus. We don't know how quickly hotels will reopen in the second or perhaps early in the third quarter and what that impact will be on GDP. Because whatever they do, the, the comparisons between the third quarter and the second quarter will be remarkably easy in a positive way. Good sampling of questions that uh, our wealth managers are getting. And I will tell you this, at Annex Wealth Management, the phone is still ringing. We are still taking care of clients. We might be working remotely, but all of the systems are go. 
certainly, I mean, the technology allows us to interact with our clients. We're doing that. We're talking to them daily. If you're not hearing from your advisor, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody that's communicating with you and letting you know what's going on in light of what's going on around the world. And if you want to take advantage of that, you get started. Yep. Just head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. It's just that easy. And again, you don't have to travel. We'll use Annex everywhere with simple screen share technology. Again, the website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. COVID-19's impact is staggering, but the challenge is a public health crisis that has created an economic crisis. If you're an Annex Wealth Management client or not, take a deep breath before making decisions that could permanently harm your plan. Our clients' plans address current cash needs, intermediate goals, and eventually a satisfying retirement. We can help. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Stay healthy. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back Sunday, March 29th, 92.5 Fox News Annex Wealth Management Show. Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, fee-only fiduciary partner, our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Thanks, Danny. You know, Mark, we had a lot of information that we looked at this week, and one of them is it's a bottoming out process to find a bottom. I know we talked about W's and V's and U's and L's, but it's a process, and one of the things that we did is we looked at some research. And we certainly did, and I think that that's part of our investment committee and looking at when are we going to get to a bottom? That's the question we're getting from so many people right now, both clients and future clients, is they're asking, is this the bottom? And you start to think about, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? We haven't seen the GDP numbers yet, so certainly not for one quarter, not for two quarters. So technically, you can't say that we're in a recession, but it certainly feels like that we are, and most people believe that we are. The question is, when does the recession end? And the recession will end some months after the, the stock market bottom. And I think that that's one way to tell when you might see the end of the recession. Yeah, and the, but the thing is, you know, when, you, when you're trying to pick a bottom, you don't just pick a number and just guess. What you do is you say, okay, given the circumstances that we know, given the, the level of dysfunction that's occurring in the economy, what are S&P earnings likely to be in the next year? Then you, then you apply a reasonable multiple to that, and that gives you a target price. And right now, based on our analysis, we're looking at $140 a share in earnings for the S&P 500. When we apply a 15 multiple, that gets us to 2100 on the S&P, which would be about 15% lower than we are currently, and just a little bit below where we were Monday morning. That's so you combine that with the idea that we all believe this virus will, will go away. We know that. We don't know how long it'll take. But we all see the, the, the other side. And so one way to sort of try to anticipate when the rebottom is to assume that it's only going to last for a certain period of time and apply a multiple and be process-driven and, and methodical about it. But the research that we came up showed that four months earlier, that's really what I'm trying to get to. Right. And I, and I, I personally believe the virus will be 
done with in four months. I think we could be very close to a bottom, but I, I'm also trying to apply some rigor to it, too, and giving us a target so that we can think strategically and tactically and not emotionally. So speaking tactically, you know, we're looking at a lot of industries in what is going to have trouble, and then we're going to talk about what is some positive uh, sectors as well. But for sure, you look around and you say, what could have struggles? And one of them is commercial real estate. I personally own some commercial yeah. real estate, and we had uh, at least a tenant or two ask us for some abatement. And so I would assume that that is going to happen around the country, not Liquid just here. Cheese, cheesecake Factory che already well, said. Of course, yep. we saw Cheesecake yep. Factory had said that they're going to have trouble paying their rent. But in, and that goes right up the right up the chain. So for, therefore, if a tenant doesn't pay a landlord, and the landlord can't pay the mortgage, of right. course, it gets to the financial uh, wherewithal of the banks. And so that probably is going to be something we have to pay attention to. Uh, you know, I think the other there's countries that as a brand have struggled here. Of course, what Russia and Saudi Arabia did right when this thing started uh, is not sitting well, for sure, with, with a lot of people. You have to talk about the Eurozone. I know the president talked about it yesterday, but China as a brand is also going to be struck. How you read that is up to you, right? But that that is, I think we're going to see that. But there are a bunch of positive things, and I want to end the show with that. And one of the things that we're going to see is Everyone is working from home right now. Uh, and you look at what is what is the technology and how that's going to look. I think there's opportunities, either one of you guys, in, in what you see there. You certainly look at companies that are looking at effectiveness and utilization and, and the ability to communicate re remotely. And we've done a lot of that in our office. We work with people through Annex Everywhere every day using t advanced technologies to do that. But even we're looking at new things and enhancements to be able to do that because, you know, the new normal may be actually the new normal. People may interact act differently. People may certainly work differently than they have before. And there are companies out there that will take advantage of that technology. And social distancing is probably going to be here, yeah. even if the virus does go away. Uh, but, you know, you think about online learning, Derek. You think about, of course, large government. Large government is here to say, I mean, this bazookas that they fired are just enormous. And therefore, debt is going to be with us for a while as well. It is. But, uh, but also, I think that's going to keep interest rates low for a very long time. So when I think about the types of stocks I'd want to own for the next five years, they're probably companies that pay dividends, that have strong balance sheets, the ability to raise their dividend. Free cash flow. High free cash flow, and, and not egregious buyback activities. And by that, I mean I don't want to buy a company that is spending 90% of their cash flow buying back their stock. Because as we've seen with United Airlines and Boeing, when you do that kind of thing, you know, you're tempting fate. Because all it takes is something like this, some out of, out of left field incident, and all of a sudden you're going to the federal government for buyout support. Well, I think the takeaway for the weekend for everybody who's listening this morning is if you you know you look at your portfolio when you get your statement March 31st next week, and if you're if you're afraid to open the envelope, I mean it's time for a conversation. It's certainly time to look at your risk tolerance and it's time to look at your portfolio. It's time to rebalance and take advantage of those opportunities. And again, maybe what you don't own is more important than what you own right now. So that free portfolio review, we believe in it so much that we give it away for free. If you have never done it before, please take advantage of that. You can do it this weekend. You can do it on. A Sunday morning. Just head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. Mark mentioned Annex Everywhere. If you're not comfortable with even a technology like that, which we think is very simple and very secure, a regular phone call will work. That is absolutely no problem. We'll set you up with a 15-minute or a 30-minute conversation. Again, you can start that. Just head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. For Mark Oswald, Derek Felsky, and Dave Spano, I'm Danny Clayton. Have a great week. We will see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5. Fox News.
The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.